0: Hey guys, welcome back to moving on up the podcast about higher education. My name is Luca if you guys are new to the podcast. Today is going to be the third episode where I sit down and talk to Maddie Mae Sassy who is a pre-med YouTuber narrative medicine major at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. I had the most amazing conversation with her and I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. Enjoy! Okay, hi Maddie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so, first off, will you just introduce yourself, name, age, school, kind of the gist?
1: Yeah, so my name is Maddie May. Um, Luca watches my videos on YouTube, so I make YouTube videos for fun, um, and I'm really excited when she reached out, because academia and just college, high school, that whole process is honestly one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So I thought it would be really fun to, to be a guest on here, because I do feel like I have a lot to say. Um, but yeah, I'm Nadie May. I go to the University of Tennessee. Um, I built my major through a program here, and it's narrative medicine with a concentration in film. I'm a senior and I'm applying to medical school. So, you know, trying to live up my last year of college but also really stay focused because there's a lot that comes with applying to medical school and I won't lie, it's been stressful, but I honestly can't think of anything I would rather do more than the path that I'm taking right now. So, you know, it's just the work you have to put in, I guess, but I'm really happy with how it's going and I hope I hope I hope that I get in <laughs> but we will see yeah definitely um but yeah that's me awesome okay so
0: just a little bit of background obviously medical school uh doctor but what is your dream career and why medicine
1: yeah okay so I would say my dream career if I could just like kind of look at a crystal ball and I I don't really like to say like Oh, in five to 10 years, like this is where I want to see myself because you always kind of stumble on opportunities and you don't even really know that you're going to get them. So, um, I'm okay with whatever happens, but I've always loved my mom's a professor. So I've always loved just like teaching and learning and honestly college. I just love the whole process of helping people learn a subject they're passionate about and that they chose. So I Really want to do medicine until like middle age, um, maybe forty five to fifty five, and then retire to being a professor at a college. That would be really really fun, and kind of, I this isn't really what I put in my application, but if I'm being kind of broad about it, why I chose medicine is because. I am a learner and I want to be a lifelong learner and I don't ever want to be like mastered in what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. I want to have to go home and look at articles and the new research that's come out. I want to just like spend my life having to keep learning, you know, and I feel like there's nothing wrong with any other career that people choose. But I feel like there's a lot of careers that you can kind of master in a few years of doing it. And I don't want to live my life like that. I want to be challenged and learning every day. And um, so I think on a broad scale, that's like why I chose medicine is because it's not Really, the easiest like I I really probably could have been like an English major and done like poetry or writing or something like that, and been a okay. But science is one of those things I have to work really really hard to understand, and that's like what excites me. So, that's that's kind of why I guess why medicine.
0: Yeah, definitely. That I definitely like agree with that. The lifelong learning and helping people understand something that's kind of why I started this podcast is like I'm really passionate about the you know the college process and everything because I'm kind of going through Mm -hmm. it right now. And then, you know, yeah. just to kind of help other people. But, yeah, that's um, that's really awesome. So why University of Tennessee?
1: Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of elements that go into it. I grew up in Florida all the way till when I was 18. I actually always thought I would go to University of Florida um, just because I don't even really have a reason. I just liked it more than FSU, and I would get in-state tuition, and I – toured it and fell in love. I just always thought I would be a UF girl. And so I, even though I did get in, it's just, it's crazy that how things change so quickly because I have family that lives in Memphis and my mom was also applying to jobs in Memphis. Cause she was like, now that you're finally graduating high school, like I want to get out of Florida. Cause I've been here for so long. Um, I want to see different places in the United States. So since you're going to college, I want to move. So, Um, She was applying to jobs in Tennessee, and um, so kind of right around the same time, my mom got a job as a professor at the University of Tennessee, uh, the medical school in Memphis, not the main campus in Knoxville, Um, and so I kind of just toured the school because I knew my mom would be living in Tennessee, so I was like, I'll just tour it, and I fell in love. Like, Luca, you, I I know it's, like, I know you're kind of, what, Midwestern, or what was that kind of where you are? (laughs) it it's got everything it's like the river on one side the Tennessee River the mountains it's got a beautiful downtown area it just really it was a big change of scenery because you went from having the beach as your backyard to having the Smokies the mountains as your backyard and that's just something I didn't grow up with and I was like you know in a year my mom will be working here and I could get in-state tuition in Tennessee and so why not just like leave Florida, leave everything behind, except for, like, you know, my best friends and stuff. But leave everything behind and start fresh in a new state. And I'm honestly so – I still to this day think it's the best decision I ever made was coming here because – it just really pushed me out of my comfort zone. I could have gone to school um, with all my friends and excelled at UF, and I'm sure I would have had an amazing time and found opportunities there as well. But it just really pushed me out of my comfort zone my freshman year to be in a new state far from my family and stuff. Because okay. Memphis, where my mom's getting her job, that's seven hours from Knoxville. So they're not close at all. Oh,
0: yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. So I had friends in like Florida being like, have fun to, uh, carpooling with your mom every day to school. And I'm like, you guys don't understand the geography of Tennessee. Like it is seven hours away. I won't be close to my mom at all.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely really crazy. That's, that's kind of how I'm going. I'm like, I don't really want to stay in Idaho. I want to go branch out, see some other places. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, that's the total opposite. The mountains are right there, like outside my window, you know? Um, so I yeah. want to go see like a few different things, but. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So um I want to talk a little bit about narrative medicine. What is it? And what's it like sort of not wanting to be just a biology major and then like, you know, designing your own?
1: Yeah. So that in and of itself is like a big can of worms because <laughs> I'm just it's like my it's what I study and I'm very excited about it. Um, but I will say like my freshman year, I was the neuroscience major and while i found it extremely interesting i kind of like went cuz i made videos in high school too and i did all of the new stuff for my high school i was just very involved in both science and film when i was in high school and so i felt like when i got to college and i signed up for my neuroscience courses Um, I was just suddenly not doing any filming, literally nothing, because there wasn't space on my schedule for screenwriting. There wasn't space on my schedule for narrative filmmaking. There just, like, wasn't space, and I couldn't really say no to it because a lot of these classes were grad requirements or prereqs for medical school, so um, I will say I got pretty sad my freshman year just because I just, even though I loved what I was learning, I was only learning one facet of who I was. And I really thought in college that I could do it all, but you can only take so many hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think that's kind of what sparked my interest in looking into narrative medicine, um, was that I could possibly change a few of the curriculums, um, Sorry, I have my email open, so I keep seeing things pop up. I'm looking at it. Let me close it really quick. It's all right. Um. So, anyways, I basically looked into narrative medicine because it would allow me to change out classes like Calc two and just like random graduation requirements, and build my own major and fill those gaps with humanities, counts counseling classes, psychology, film classes. Um, so. That's kind of, like, where it started. Sorry, this is a really long-winded answer, but (laughs) I'm just so, like, into narrative medicine. But the way narrative medicine currently exists is sort of looking at the patient, approaching the patient as a person with a story and not just, like, symptoms on a clipboard. Mm -hmm. So you don't really go to medical school to become a narrative medicine doctor. Like, it's not a specialty like dermatology or OB-GYN. It's really just... um, taking those courses literally just taking those courses that will instill a certain competence with active listening and counseling skills just really reincorporating the humanities back into a standard pre-medical degree and so I basically defended it it took about six months is really hard but um I created a whole defense for it, and I defended it in front of a panel, and now I get to graduate with it behind my name, and I got to take out random classes, like, again, Calc 2, Statistics, Mm -hmm. just classes that I really don't need, um, and put in classes like Screenplay and all that stuff, and it's just been awesome. And there's, like, logistical reasons, too. It It helps you stand out, too, when you're not just, like, a biology major. Yeah, exactly. So for anybody out there who is wanting to go further in academia, academia, like there's nothing wrong with a biology major in any way, but try, if you do do that route, try to do something else. Um, like try and put your own spin on it or, um, you know, start a club that's varied. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. like do exactly what you want and don't just change your major to make it different. Like do the major if you want to do the major, but, Put your own spin on it, or you know, do things outside of your major that will help you stand out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So speaking of that, what are some of, I guess you could say, on campus, off campus activities, clubs, kind of things that you're interested in and you do apart from medicine?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it is YouTube, and um, I did. I've been making videos since I think like eighth grade, middle school and so really really long time um and that's kind of where i got the bulk of my subscribers and then during my freshman and sophomore year of college i stopped filming again because i was pretty sad um but once i kind of re-found myself here in college um i started filming again so now i film a lot of my life and that's so fun to me it's like looking at a virtual diary of my week and just really fun um, I also am really into working out a lot of just like standard things. I like to do yoga. Um, I love, okay. I don't know why, but just this year I'm so into being a barista. Like, <laughs> I'm so into like, I made this, it's literally just an ice chai, but I've been doing like matchas and different variations of coffee from home. And so I don't know why I want to be a barista, but I've been doing that. Um, I don't know. I, I really like hanging out with my friends. I don't really like parties that much. Like even pre-COVID, I wasn't that much of a partier, but I do love going out with my closest friends and getting drinks, um, some guac, you know, just like having a good a good night. And so I don't know, I, I'm really busy these days, but I do think that balance is important. And for me, balance kind of isn't what the standard college students balance is like a lot of people are like oh you need to go out and like get wasted but for me balance is like honestly sleeping or like watching a movie Mm -hmm. and uh, or going to see my boyfriend so it's really just it looks different but it's my own version of balance I guess
0: yeah exactly okay um another question so you talked a little bit about you know medicine and how you changed up so it you know you weren't taking all of these standard math science courses and you kind of brought the humanities back into it so um are there any of these sort of like other activities that have blended with medicine or are they like pretty separated
1: so I mean I won't lie the classes when I'm taking them are separate um but I think being a person who sits in both of these classes and does the assignments for both of these classes my brain honestly has been it's, like, started to switch to each, like, side of my brain so much that they honestly are kind of starting to work in sync with each other, if that makes sense. And I don't really know how to articulate it, but I, I really will. I'll be sitting in my screenplay class and, like, writing something, and then I'll have to switch to organic chemistry. And I'm still sort of in that creative mindset, and I'm like, okay, how do I solve this problem? And honestly, it's, like... I've really been saying this a lot, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is is a muscle. Like, you don't have to be this artistic person who takes these artistic classes and are good at them. Like, even just sitting in these classes and, like, working the muscles of just doing these artistic things really will help you in the realm of science and vice versa. Um, my 20-page, my my final screenplay was actually, like, a, a version of when I was a c- CNA, a certified nursing assistant. Oh, yeah. Um, and I changed, like, I changed things. So it, like, it was patient privacy act. Like, everything was good. But it, I've even brought my science into my my art. So I think it's it's cool. And I really would encourage, even if you aren't a to medicine major, like, try and make space for these art classes because it will help you so much. And it honestly will be, like, a stress reliever from all the hard classes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely a mix between, you know, like, the hard like, rigorous science, math, STEM courses,
1: mm-hmm. and then the
0: humanities. Um, okay, so... And that's, so.
1: yeah, and that's not...
0: Sorry, I was going no, no, okay, to you say go.
1: the, that's not to say I live with art majors, and they are working the same amount of hours I am. It's really just, like, it's a totally... Kind of what I meant by that is it's a totally different part of your brain, and so it's fun sometimes to go over there and just, like, stay <laughs> there for a little bit yeah. and give, you know, that quantitative side of your brain a little, a little break.
0: Mm-hmm. So how would you say you have grown? Definitely, uh, you were talking a little bit about the neuroscience courses in the beginning and then totally switching and kind of finding yourself. So how have you grown since high school age and then kind of into your end of college?
1: Yeah, Hmm. that's a really good question. Because I know I've grown, but I don't really know how to articulate it. I think... I think a lot of the things that I'm doing especially now is for me and I feel like a lot of the things while I had interest in a lot of the things I was doing in high school and early college while I while I did choose to do a lot of those things I kind of feel like in hindsight I was doing them because I was trying to transition well into Tennessee and like make friends and uh get good grades because I know that all will matter later. And just like, I don't know. I think that I've really learned to, to do things for me. And furthermore, to, to value my mental health over, um, not even just succeeding, but just doing everything. Like I don't need to do everything. I can do one or two things really, really well. And that's what I've gotten really good at. I mean, you ask what clubs I'm part of. Man, freshman year I was part of a lot <laughs> but but I've kind of like slowly dwindled out of some of them because I knew that I was kind of just joining them in the beginning to uh, make friends which I do encourage people to do but you know you don't feel like you're an unsuccessful college student because you're not part of seven billion things because yeah. you really can be a successful and happy and just genuinely comfortable college student by just doing two or three things or having two or three really, really good friends. So I would say just like kind of off the cusp, the big things I've noticed is that I'm choosing things for me and to value your own mental health and not feel like you have to do a trillion different things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So one of the big ones that I got from a lot of other people And one of the um, really interesting ones that I'm kind of struggling with right now is how did you figure out how you learn best? Because for me, it's videos. I watch videos and I take notes and I'm like, I understand this, but how did you kind of figure that out so that you can, I don't know, I guess like get that information seeped into your brain.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think that the biggest change and I was thinking about this the other day when I was thinking about this podcast the biggest change that I've seen from like shifting to doing like okay to like very well on certain exams and stuff and this is what everyone says but time like you have to give yourself time Mm -hmm. and I know people hear all the time they're like I'll start two weeks in advance and you're like okay it'll be fine like I'll study two days in advance or a day in advance and get an 80 but Learning is truly just so much more fun when you spread it out. Like, it's not even just for, like, doing well in the exam, but if you want to actually enjoy it, like, try and spread it out, or you really will spend all of college just stressed because it'll be one exam that you have in two days and then the next one's in two days. So um, I think my freshman year and my sophomore year, I was really used to just, like, doing things a couple days in advance and, you know, doing okay. Um my junior year when I like took control of my like planning and planners and to-do lists and just like mapping out my whole month in advance. And it doesn't have to stay like that. Like you can cancel things and change things, but kind of saying, okay, I have an exam on the 16th. So I'm going to start studying on the third. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to study like four hours a night for that, but doing things in advance, like I cannot say this more, do things in advance because it will make college so much more leisurely and you'll even get better grades. So that's like one tip I have. Um, but I know with like my learning strategies, I really just have to make my own notes. Um, -hmm. and everybody is different, but I, I cannot look at someone else's notes. Um, I, I have to actually make my own. And so I don't know. I really think just taking notes in class, rewriting them before the exam, starting early. Those are all the things that I've like really consistently done now and done, done. Okay.
0: Done. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, definitely.
1: Hopefully that answers that I wish I oh, had yeah. an answer, but I just, I really think that doing not relying on others for your notes and it just, it isn't helpful to read your friend's notes because those are their thoughts. That's yeah. how they articulated it. And I don't know, I just, it's not even that I remember things better when I write them, but going over them again, I'm like, oh, I remember writing that, you know, like, it's all the pieces are there, you're like, I remember writing that, so. Mm -hmm. And you can
0: kind of go over your thought process, at least that's how it is for me. I can remember why I wrote something down, or I made a little squiggle or something, I have lots of different things that I draw on my nose, you know. And that's the
1: thing is other people do that too. So you're like, why did they put an arrow here? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? So then you're just adding extra work for yourself when you could just like interpret your own notes, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: definitely. So a little bit of a shift. How are your applications for med school going? And what's it like writing the personal statements and like pouring your heart out into these essays and things?
1: Well, hmm, I would say... Again, like, this is exactly what I want to do. So that's kind of what I keep coming back to, because it has gotten extremely hard. um, A lot of times, especially when I was studying for the MCAT. But um, I keep coming back to like, this is what I want to do. And this is just one of those hurdles you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I can't lie and say like it's been amazing like it's been really hard yeah <laughs> I right. feel like they even make the the first there's a primary application a secondary application and then you get interviews and the primary application I feel like in and of itself was a hurdle like I honestly feel like it was a team effort I was on I was constantly texting my friends being like what does this mean like did you send this email like <laughs> what is this like it's a team effort like obviously we're putting our own words on the application but just the logistics of it mm-hmm. it's so much just like random stuff that's like why did they why did why didn't they make this easier for us yeah so um yeah I mean it's going it's going well I'm I'm really happy with how the like the process I've done so far um in my timing and stuff, I, that's another thing. I don't have any family doctors in the family or like my sister's not in medicine. My mom has a PhD, but she's not like a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. So, um, all of this was really new for me. And I was just kind of hoping I wasn't on a weird timeline. I was constantly wondering if I was doing things too late or too early. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of why I make my YouTube videos too, is to just show people my timeline. So Mm -hmm. they know maybe when they should start working on it. Um, yeah. And personal statement, I gotta say, like, it's, it's really, it's, I don't even know how to articulate it. It's (laughs) like, I feel like I had so many things I could write about, but you can't just like put all the things you're passionate about and all the things that you love and that you did on a piece of paper. Like it has to be cohesive and it has to make sense or yeah. it'll just sound like you're like listing all the things that you love and so um I've str- I struggled the most just kind of like making everything pretty in a like pretty little bow you know what I mean to so yeah. sense like mm-hmm. I I kind of came into applications thinking like okay I have a lot I can say I'm excited it'll be fine but then when I started I was like wait none of this is like cohesive like I have to show them that medicine can go with art I have to show them like why I wasn't very active in my classes freshman year I got like a C the only C my freshman year because I was sad and Mm -hmm. because I wasn't doing the things that I loved and so there's just so many elements that I had to articulate on my application in a professional and meaningful way so um yeah long story long it's I cannot lie it's been really hard but it's it's one of those things that like looking back I'm so I'm going to be so proud of myself when I finally get in. I'm going to be like, "Wow, I did that," you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. So are you looking DO, MD both?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I I only applied to MD and it's not really there's literally nothing against DO. I have a friend who's in DO right now and he works just as hard, if not harder than I'm sure medical students do. Um, the only reason I didn't apply DO is because it's apparently like doubly as expensive Mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily, um, abroad, like, excuse me. Um, you can't study like in Europe, or not even study, but you can't uh, practice in Europe. Yeah, like you might be able to practice in Canada or something like that. But I was like, I don't know if I, maybe I want to be a doctor in Germany or Paris. Or, <laughs> so I just didn't, I didn't want to get like a medical degree and be kind of confined. Um, so I only applied to MD. But if I have to apply again, I will definitely do 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 that's kind of what I decided is like, if I can't get into MD this cycle, I'll do do next, next cycle.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, that that is kind of how I'm thinking. I'm like, when I get there, when the time comes, I'm thinking MD. We will see though, because I know it's a pretty grueling process. So yeah, um, then I asked on my story and your story some questions for people, um, and we actually had a lot. I only picked eight because I didn't want to run out of time. Okay. But um, what are some of the best ways that you found to save money in college?
1: Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay. So this one's, this one's difficult, not because I'm not a saver, but I don't get paid very much. And so I kind of like naturally have to be really frugal. Um, mm-hmm. cause I can only really afford my groceries and maybe a few going out to dinners. Um, because my parents do support me, but they, kind of only support me. They support me with rent, but I have to pay, uh, uh, my car insurance and groceries, gas, uh, books, all that stuff. And so, um, you know, it's hard to say I I have saved, but it's just not very much because I really just don't get paid that much. Mm -hmm. And so each paycheck really does just go to my groceries for that week. And, um, like just all the other like little expenses you have. But I mean, I do have one tip is that don't buy anything unless you've been thinking about it for at least three months. And I know that sounds really long. I know it sounds really long. But (laughs) like anything like clothes, jewelry, like you know, like headphones, even the new iPhone, like all of that stuff, really just give it three months. And if you forget about it and never think about it again not only have you saved money, but you are living with less stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like we all kind of need to live with less stuff. So um, I, I really do feel like almost everything that is a value, I really waited a good amount of time to buy because I just, I was like, I want to make sure this isn't just a trend and this is something that I would use and I really want and I need. So um, I don't even know who told me that, but it stuck with me since like, I think senior year of high school, like don't buy stuff. Unless you've thought about it for a long time. Because yeah. a lot of the times the things you want are like trivial, you know, mm-hmm. and fleeting to the moment. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's, that's a good, good tip.
1: Um, I and know it's hard, but you really will. You'll be surprised at how many times you forget about stuff and you just yeah. never buy it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the ones that I got a couple times was, do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome?
1: <laughs> I like... I keep wanting to make, like, a whole video about this, but I just don't even, like I've said a billion times in this podcast, I don't even know how to articulate it. Um, But, yes, like, a trillion times, yes. I feel like especially having a platform, even though it's small, I, like, carry this duty to make things realistic, but also not scare people, because I don't want to scare people out of the medicine realm. Like, I don't want people to watch my videos and be like, I'm not going to that career because she's suffering. Yeah. But at the same time, I I want people to see like the value and stuff. So I don't know. I, I definitely suffer with imposter syndrome, especially with video work. Sometimes I do weddings and um, I make videos for my work. And I'm whenever they hired me, I was like, "Are you sure?" Because I'm, like, I'm not a film major, <laughs> and I was like, "I've been making videos for a long time, but I'm sure there's a film major that out there that would be." just as good if not better than Mm -hmm. me but it's really just like toxic to think that way because they hired me for a reason and um I just think it's really important to just be confident in yourself and I'm the pot calling the kettle black because I'm not always that confident but um I think that it's like if someone's giving you a chance to show them how amazing you are like do your best to just like to do it you know even if you feel like you're not good enough or they but they chose you and it was a mistake like they chose you for a reason so just like own yourself own your confidence and um yeah yeah
0: yeah that (laughs) I always every time you finish a question I'm always like Yep, that's, that's,
1: that's really good. Literally, I literally, like, just interviewed someone for diversity dialogues, like a program we have at our school, and she was talking about, like, diversity on campuses, and I was just, like, sitting there with my mouth, and I was like, yes, (laughs) I don't even know what to say, but you're right.
0: Exactly, that is exactly how I feel. Uh, Another one that's pretty, these kind of are jumping all around, but what is your favorite, are, what are your favorite self-care methods? There's probably more than one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so this is kind of something that I've been trying to get better at because, you know, I would typically say sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) honestly, when I'm when I'm feeling overworked and not even not even like tired, but just like really anxious, I just love naps. I Mm -hmm. love sleeping (laughs) and I value bedtime. So I'm kind of trying to get away from that because I feel like there are ways that you can do self-care being awake so I've taken on walking I really love walking I love listening to podcasts I love getting drinks I really don't put that on my YouTube very much but I do I love going to dinner with my friends and just like getting a margarita and just like talking and um especially being in Knoxville I love I don't really hike that much but that's kind of what My goal was this year was to explore Knoxville even more and try and get to all the places that I saw my freshman year. And I was like, I need to get there. And I just like still haven't done it. So I think especially if you're going to a college in a new town, that's a great self care method is exploring the new college that you're in, exploring Mm -hmm. the town. Um, And it doesn't even have to be like, oh, volunteer or find a club, but even just like getting on your bike or walking. Or getting in your car and like going downtown or something, just like exploring your new city, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's that's kind of one of the things that uh, I'm I'm sort of waiting for uh, because my town has three hundred people in it, and (laughs) and we have a gas station and that's it. So you have to drive thirty minutes if you want to go get groceries or go get food or something. Um, Wow. So and you know my school is super small as well. But we have all the recreation, right? We've got, like, a little yeah. tiny ski resort and the hiking yeah. and everything. But well, we don't have the city or, you know, the fun oh, sort yeah. of, like, attraction-type things yeah. anywhere near. Like, three hours away is, you know, Boise, which is the capital of Idaho. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of my
1: I'm, I'm a little I'm excited. excited for you, girl. Thank <laughs> you. I'm so excited. You yeah. have to – you'll be – especially – You'll be stressed, but you have to make that time to explore this new city because it's really just so fun to do.
0: Yes, definitely. I'm excited for it. Um, okay, so another one. Why did you decide you said before, you know, that you stopped vlogging a little bit, you know, mental health, sad, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what made you want to, you know, get back into sort of like the vlogging of the weeks and stuff?
1: Yeah, so you know, it's kind of funny, like looking back, I think in high school, I wasn't that into vlogs because I just thought they weren't very meaningful. Um, And I really only liked to put out films that really inflicted like this emotion. I'm not saying like crying, but just I loved when people would watch my videos and be like, wow. But you know, I realized that like vlogs can be that way too. It's all in how you edit it. It's all in how you, you speak. And it's, it's really, and I hate this like a TikTok thing, but it's really romanticizing your life. Like if you are vlogging your days, like I love turning on my camera and like facing it towards the windows so I can open the windows. It's just like making your your life artistic. And mm-hmm. so I started doing vlogs because it felt like a diary entry at the end of the week. Like I could read my week kind of while I was editing. Um, and I also realized you can make it really artistic. And there's also a lot of value for people seeing someone going through the processes that I'm going through and hopefully learning from them. And also it's just not as fun to to edit sit down videos, you know? I tried filming my personal statement video and while I'm passionate about that subject, I was like editing it like this because it was just so it was all one. You know, I'm showing a face that's like really tired if you're listening. But um, it just wasn't changing up. And I just love editing things that change up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Having some fun with it. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so we talked a little about about studying. Um, I kind of thought of this question, I think I sat up at like 1am. And I was like, this is a good question. Um, what is your experience with clinical work? That type of thing? Because I I realize you know, med school applications, you got to have that
1: experience yes. that
0: clinical experience
1: yes yeah so I well, I did get clinical experience but I struggled with research I kind of had this like crisis where it was like I had done no research no quantitative research and literally everyone I know that is flying medical school has gotten research and so I really think that I did do clinical like I was a certified nursing assistant um so I worked as a certified nursing assistant for a year um which is just patient care they work under nurses or typically um and I also did a film internship in a narrative medicine internship in Minneapolis um where I made films for patients from all walks of life um I did one for a postpartum depressive mother I did one for a PTSD victim and none of the films were um like for I'm forgetting the word, but they weren't for social media. They were only for the patient. So I made these videos and I filmed their healing and their therapy. Obviously with their consent, they knew the whole thing was going on. But um, I filmed their healing, made a short film for each of these patients. And they kind of like got to go home with this film that was like the arc of their healing. And it was it was like a different type of clinical work because I was working directly with patients but not medically. And it was extremely cool. And it was something that I felt like I could do too, you know, Mm -hmm. again, with the imposter syndrome, I was afraid to get clinical work because I hadn't done clinical work since freshman year. And I was like, I don't really remember like all the stuff that I did. And so I just was kind of scared to sign up for those things. But I was like, films, interviewing people, like like, making documentaries about them, that's something I can do, mm-hmm. and so it was really, really fun, but with the research thing, the little tip of knowledge I wanted to say is, like, I had a friend who didn't do research, but she did this, like, so much volunteer work, like, her whole life was volunteer work, she's just a service-oriented person, and so she talked about, they asked about that in her medical school interviews, um, they, like, asked her, like, why don't you have research, and she was honest with them and just said, I took organic chemistry and I knew that I didn't want to go into that. So I decided to put my time into something that set my heart on fire even more and even helped people. And I just felt like research is not where I wanted to be. And while I'm grateful for the experience, I'm my heart is in volunteering. And so that's where I spent a lot of my time. And they really liked that answer, she told me. So I think don't think you have to stick to the cookie cutter like med school applicants, because while a lot a lot of experience is really necessary and really good, it doesn't always have to be like research, clinical work. You know what I mean? Like as yeah, long as it's definitely. experience, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the certain type of experience.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still have the same mindset. Like, wow, yes, my brain yeah. is exploding. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of literally how I'm thinking right now small school Mm -hmm. not you know no advanced courses no volunteering so I'm kind of just like please let me in I promise I'll show you what I got (laughs)
1: oh girl you you'll get in I'm I'm confident
0: Uh, okay so this is one that I got a lot very you know Please tell
1: me. I'm actually so happy that you got questions (laughs) because I was like, I honestly am not sure people will ask questions, but that's good to know people. Yeah,
0: definitely got a few questions. Uh, So what advice, thinking back to freshman year high school, people nowadays, even me, you know, thinking back, it's like, I've, you know, been invested in college since the beginning and I have, you know, these other friends and these people that I know who are med school bound but they're freshmen and they're like what do I do like so what is your advice for kind of the lower classmen high school students
1: yeah okay so high school I would explore all options and if you're if you're dedicated to medicine that's great but explore all options related to medicine then you know like Mm -hmm. don't just be like I want to be a psychiatrist and only do volunteer work with psychiatry um don't just do you like, just don't do, um, one medically based thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really recommend just like reaching out to as many people, um, as you can. And I'm not even just saying to look good on applications. I'm saying like, this will make you look good on applications, but for the value of like what you will be going through in college, it's really good to just already have an idea of things that you like. So I would just say like, it, it's really valuable for you to reach out to people and uh, shadow physicians or shadow um, nurses, literally anything you want to do in the healthcare profession. Um, and even like volunteer there, work under them in any way uh, that you can. Because um, while these things do look really, really good, it just it's comforting coming into college knowing what you kind of already like. Um, Because I know that I have friends who were exploratory majors until their junior year. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I really, really recommend getting experiences under your belt. And um, that will help you not only in applications, but with just like making the transition to college a lot easier because you're like, oh, I did that. Like, I know what that's like. And it will help me make decisions going forward. Mm -hmm. You know? definitely. And also, like, try in your classes. Like, people say, (laughs) grades don't matter. They matter. (laughs) In colleges, but they matter. Um, you know, like, I, I, yeah, they matter. So, and it's okay if you get a bad grade. I, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, a Maddie Mae out there listening, be like, oh, but I got a B minus, or I got a C minus, like, does that mean I won't get into a college? Like, no, that does not, that's not what that means. But for people out there who, are not trying in their classes like you need to start trying Mm -hmm. because they do grades do matter unfortunately
0: (laughs) yeah definitely uh okay so this is going to be the last question I saved the best for last I think um so I get this a lot just a little backstory um I people ask me oh you knew like what do you want to do in college and I'm like oh I want to study medicine I want to be a You know, pre med, and then I wanna, or I wanna follow the track, and then I wanna go to med school. And they're always like, Ooh, yeah, good luck with that. And I'm like, Man, why can't anyone just be like, You got this type of thing? So, what, if any, advice do you have for young women in particular who wanna be doctors, but they're scared that they're not gonna be able to make it because it's too hard, or, you know, they're not gonna be able to have a family, or yada, you know, all of these X, Y, and Z.
1: Yeah. Wow. That that is a great question. Um, I like, I know I have an answer, but I just want to make sure I articulate it correctly. Um, you know, I just don't think that let's say you did, you did follow what everyone else is saying. You did, uh, you know, get a degree, uh, maybe associates or bachelor's degree and start a family. There's literally nothing wrong with that. But if you are doing what other people are kind of expecting of you, I feel like that's even worse than choosing a career that's like long-winded. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I've also had people be like, why medicine? Like, cause you can you're gonna be in a lot of debt, you're gonna be in school until you're 30, and it's gonna be long hours when you're done. And I'm like, you you're right, but at the same time I would literally die if I was an accountant I would die if I was doing anything else I would die if I was a business manager like so it's like they're right but I just feel like the alternative is not by any means any better and I think that it's just really really important if you have a passion to go after it and because that's something a lot of people struggle with is, is having a passion for something and so if you have that passion you are you should be grateful in, in and of itself because you have a passion and, I don't, I don't think it's good to not go out after something that you want just because other people say it might be hard because there's, there's a lot of things that are in life that are hard, but one thing you should never like sacrifice is like your goals because they're hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I had another thought, but that is something that also gets me going. I'm like, no, like, (laughs) you know... And the thing is, is a lot of things seem really hard. And then once you get over them, you're like, okay, that was hard, but I did it. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way about applying to colleges. I thought never in a million years I would get into some of the schools I did. And I honestly, like, struggled thinking I would get into the lower ones. It's like, I just, I probably just am not good enough, like, whatever. And it seemed like the end of the world, like, when I was applying to those schools and I didn't have an answer yet. I was like, oh, my God, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And now here I am applying to medical school. This is the hardest thing I've ever done like we're going to be going through things that are the hardest for the rest of our lives and I think that's what makes life fun mm-hmm. is like doing things that are hard and getting through them and like knowing that you did them get them you know
0: yeah exactly I definitely I hear the thing a lot um people are like oh you know you're not gonna be done until you're 30 like why do that and you're like I'm gonna be 30 anyway whether I do it or not
1: exactly <laughs> and I just there's just so many elements that go into it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'll probably be 43 at my child's kindergarten graduation. But honestly, like they're going to be have a boss mom who's killing it. Mm-hmm. So they'll have a good role model, someone to look up to. And so for that, I'm okay with being an old mom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. I think it's just the fear aspect for a lot of people, especially the women, because it's such a, you know, male dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so it's all of these young girls being like, "I want to be doctors," and people are like, "Are you sure about that, though?" You know, and then it's just yes, girls, here. we're sure. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're
1: sure. Yeah, and I mean, even if we're not, like, even if you you do change your mind in college, like, that's not the end of the world either. I think that's one of those things we just think that everybody's watching and everybody cares, and like. Just everybody, the whole world will end if we change our major or we fail a class. And that's just not, that's all pressure we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I had a lot of stress about if I didn't get into this medical school this cycle. But I kind of dropped it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a doctor anyways. Like, I'll get there eventually. So who cares if I don't get in this cycle because I'll get there eventually. And that's literally all that matters.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Wow, I'm just flame shooting out of my head I'm just ugh, ah, mind
1: blown so excited I just so love mad. talking I'm so sorry if I would like no, cut no. you off or talk too much because I love talking I'm so sorry
0: no don't even apologize because I do too so this has been so great that is the last yes. question um but I just want to thank you so much for coming on before I quickly end it um
1: but yeah thank you so Thanks. much Thank you so much. If anyone is out there and they are stressed, just know that it's a hurdle and you will get over it just like all of us do. And you're not alone. So
0: thanks for having me. Yes, no problem.